0: First, those first nine were really the first ones to go sour in the US and because when we then made La Folie people were like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me having grown up with Rodenbach drinking Rodenbach since I was 13 you're like, what's wrong with <laughs> <Like, laughs> it? <laughs> you just don't get it <laughs> but so sour beers in the meantime and have been, become way more popular and there's so much stuff that you can do with a beer flavor-wise, and stretch it in different directions, that it never ends.
1: Welcome to the Craft Beer Travel and Adventure Podcast with Living a Stout Life. This is where we sit down with creative thinkers, on-the-road adventurers, and craft beer lovers. Your hosts, Ken and April, live, work, and travel in a 24-foot RV in search of inspiring stories around a great beer.
2: Are you ready for this? Ready for what? One of the cherished original lawfully barrels, PH2 has been in service for over two decades. This is a beer barrel.
1: PH2 is a beer barrel?
2: PH2 is a beer barrel. Okay. This special release features light farmhouse brett aroma, pleasant medium acidity, hints of kiwi, Riesling grape, light bodied with a dry finish.
1: Um, Drooling, that sounds fantastic.
2: This bottle contains a live beer, carefully aged and selected for its current flavor profile. Please enjoy fresh.
1: I am going to enjoy fresh, and Kenny, Mm
2: -hmm. can you
1: please tell a little, very much of a hint? Um, I'm not sure about that grammar, but anyhow, it's because I'm kind of just drooling over what I'm about to drink, but can you tell us the story about where we got this um, pH 2 barrel aged golden sour? Brewed and packaged by
2: Purpose in Fort Collins, Colorado. And PH2, so in the podcast episode itself, when we go into our interview today, we'll like, you'll hear more of the story about this particular barrel. But this was a barrel from New Belgium that found its way back home to its, uh, how would I, I don't know if I would say owner. Curator.
1: Ooh, curator. Curator
2: is probably a better word.
1: Brilliant word.
2: And this beer is actually called PH2, which is the name of the barrel. So this beer is from that barrel. And we were gifted one of the last few bottles left of this beer. So, yeah, I'm drooling very much. And I am super stoked because it's from Peter Buchart at Purpose Brewing. And Peter Bukart, formerly of New Belgium Brewing, and the guy who really turned uh, America onto what a sour beer could really be.
1: Yeah. So we have <laughs> we have Peter and we have his business partner and wife, uh, Freezy, and also their partners, James and Ashley, at Purpose Brewing and Cellars on this podcast episode and we were honored to be able to talk to all of them it was so great and now i am honored to have kenny crack open this like bottle please do so yeah baby
3: <laughs>
1: so sorry y'all can't drink this but you know what um there's always space at our table so hopefully you're joining Shh. us you're ruining the moment. i'm not because Just I'm kidding, you're not. inviting them to crack open their own special beer and chat with us. Hurry up, because I want to drink this. I'm drinking it. Oh, my gosh, that smell. Thank you, Peter, Freezy, James, and Ashley. This is brilliant. Cheers. Oh, wait. Oh, that's full glass. That's why it yeah. was like that. I think it's like the perfect balance of tartness... Along with exactly what was described on there, like the grapes. Mm -hmm. But it's not overly...
2: Sour. Yeah. Right. Sour is, um, in my opinion, sour is not the best descriptor for for these types of beer, even though they are somewhat sour.
1: Let's save that for the podcast, too, because we get into a pretty good discussion on sour.
2: (laughs) We did. (laughs) When we We get there, yeah. We did get a good discussion. But
1: you were talking earlier off mic about how... I mean, in all reality, the American craft beer scene is pretty young. Mm-hmm. And so you were talking earlier off, Mike, about how um, many other people from many other countries have brought a lot of the beers that we love now.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and that is due to the craft beer scene starting in the first place. It's not like we just imported all these great brewers from around the world and then craft beer boomed. It's, it's more people kind of experienced what a good beer could be. And they wanted that in the United States. And, you know, before craft beer really took off in the U.S., we, for all intents and purposes, we only had a couple different kinds of beers for the most part. And they were all relatively the same. You know, most of the big companies were all the same beers. And then craft beer came along and started making all these cool, you know, IPAs and pale ales and stouts and porters and ambers and different things, and gave us flavor in our beer. But then we, you know, a lot of people traveled around the world and experienced all these other great beer cultures, like in Germany and Belgium and all around the world. Really, just all kinds of cool stuff that that these beers have been made for hundreds of years. Hundreds. Hundreds, if at least, at least hundreds.
1: I'm. Thousands.
2: Some of them thousands. You all hear,
1: you will hear Peter saying like sours have been around for, I think he said like 13,000 years.
2: Well, yeah. Sours have probably (laughs) been around since the dawn of time because that just by the nature of making a beer without fermentation control and like knowing what, like beer was being made before people knew what yeast was and they didn't have refrigeration and all this stuff. And hops. So it's like you just, put crap together and it became something. It fermented over time and people went, huh, that's pretty good. And it gets me happy. (laughs) So they drank it. Ballsy dudes. Uh, (laughs) But you know that, that we've gotten so spoiled in the United States because we have either craft brewers who have done a fantastic job Bringing other beers of the world and recreating them in this country or we've been lucky enough to have folks like Peter Buchart come to this country and introduce us to what he was making in Belgium.
1: Speaking of Peter and Freezy and James and Ashley, should we let them talk? That might
2: be a good idea because that was a really fun conversation we had with them and, and it went on for a minute.
1: I think... It mm-hmm. would be very purposeful.
2: Oh boy. No cheese there.
1: <laughs> if we introduce them. Yeah?
2: Yeah, okay. I think so.
1: Here's the team from Purpose Brewing in Cellars in Fort Collins, Colorado. <laughs>
2: it's okay. If you cuss in Flemish, it doesn't count. It was because German. our audience Oh, oh is German. That is German? It's actually
0: Flemish, but Flemish. the Germans don't I, understand I it.
4: I thought you said, say no. Yeah. How to be cuss. How
1: to be cussing. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should have a, la- a lesson in language and that should be the podcast and yeah. stuff.
0: Frizzy got, got the red to cards and soccer because she was cussing all the time. Oh, no. <laughs> and I never got it because I say Schwineer and the ref was like What's that? I'm like that's German for the weather is nice. So I never got one.
1: All right, well, here's the deal though, for as much as I would love to have language lessons from you guys, and I really would, <laughs> however, it would just be a shame if we're here at Purpose <laughs> and we don't talk beer. Yeah, perfect. so
2: We do we have, to have to talk some beer.
0: Talk sure. beer.
1: Yeah. So I think that's what no, your
0: podcast was about. Him, so it is. So it's maybe we should at least talk a little bit about it. And travel. Yeah. So welcome no. to Craft Beer Travel and
1: Adventure <laughs> Podcast with all four of you guys. We're here at Purpose Brewing. I guess I am get a little bit serious now. Ashley James, what's your guys' last names? I'm Figur, James Lloyd. James Lloyd. And James Lloyd. Great. And My, then, mine is almost like
4: a swear word. Frisie van Raffelhem. I like it. <laughs> I don't think
5: I could
2: say
4: that. I, <laughs> <laughs> so I got exactly. <laughs> no, I
2: don't think and I could. Americans it. cannot
4: say that. Frisie van Raffelhem. That's rolling yeah. your R's at least three times. Oh. <laughs> Frisie van Raffelhem. <laughs> Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I go at Frizy Bookart here. So I do have two passports talking about travel. I do have two, f- two different names on uh, my passports talking uh, about Susan Frederick.
2: Nice. Well, They're going to have a hard time tracking you down.
1: that's, that's really confusing. <laughs> that's really <confused> the government. <laughs> and last but not least, we're here with Peter Buchart.
0: Ah, you know Peter.
1: my name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you guys' was last names, though, so... so anyhow welcome you guys we're happy to have yeah. you joining us welcome. we're at Purpose Brewing in Cellars I want to hear more about Purpose and like how the four of you came together and where Purpose kind of came from.
0: Well, conceptually I think is where I would like to start. In New Belgium we had Belle Dashville who fantastic experience as a brewer um, building a facility of a uh, Five hundred thousand barrels, and, and then trying to start it up, and then you hire people, and it became a really fun place to go because we have really good people. And then, uh, after a while, I was useless there <laughs> because we have good people. <laughs> so Let's take another
4: step forward, backwards.
0: Okay, we're going back in time. Well,
4: Peter is yeah. somebody who one of his, one of everybody's main purposes in life should be learning. When you don't learn enough. You move on to something else. In Rondach, I saw his face turning, was like, uh-oh, oh, there we go. Peter's is not learning enough. We will have to find something else. We both loved traveling for a long time. We were like, well, let's travel to the States. And then we had the opportunity to go to a, a, a beer conference in uh, Boston, where we met Kim and Jeff, who started near Belgium. Um, we met them and they asked us to we'll move over. Peter was like, forget that one. Nobody in Belgium was just going to move to the States for so- nothing.
0: We just had started a small brewery also, kind of this size, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in Belgium while working at Rodenbach and the police. So you yeah. were doing
4: that on the weekends, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, I was like, well, you're kind of stuck in Rodenbach. You're not learning enough. You're not, you don't like it right now. You're kind of over what you have been Over your lifespan over there. So why won't we go look at uh, the brewery in New Belgium? There's a lot of stories in in there between as well. But we came over here, we saw New Belgium, Pietersault Castle, I saw the mountains. We are like, okay, let's do this. That was a huge learning opportunity and it was in 96. In 2016, I saw Peter's face
1: turning again I was like Oh oh, oh. wait <laughs> I, I want to see what does his face look like Peter do you have a look on your face when it's time to oh like no. move on <laughs> yeah, he's still learning right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <laughs> the learning has been renewed so yeah, yeah. Um, he doesn't have that look
2: now. I was <laughs> having fun in the bar in the Belgium but um, I, was, I knew it was time for Peter to
4: move on so Peter
0: yeah I took my second sabbatical mm-hmm. you got every 10 years sabbatical for a couple of weeks um, oh yeah and uh, I took it, drove out west from here and I made sure I stopped at the brewery all the time. And for me, it happened at Santa Darius in Santa Cruz. I was talking with Adair there and oh God, and there's still so much beauty in American craft. Mm-hmm. Hey, if I want to keep on adding to beauty in American craft, what should I do? And so the, for me, the idea became smaller and smaller. Um, and you want to start something small, could I make like a brewery where I have one beer a day and the next day another beer? That's kind of stupid. And so, kind of trying to test it out, and I kept on talking with friends as I went cascade brewing in uh, Portland was a fantastic conversation, also because somebody a bit older than me who was kind of worn out of the craft industry. And so, I just need to go small. And so, coming back to Fort Collins. Um, kind of mauled over that and there was a brewery here there was a small system a four barrel system and then the owner
1: in this location where we're yeah. at right now
0: okay. the owner was kind of wanting to sell but he was asking too much because he wanted to get his debt recuper- recuperated but I didn't need debt to buy right. <laughs> so, so we bought it uh, um,
3: 2016
0: yeah uh, 31st of uh, December in 16, while I was still working at Rodemar, in, in oh, New oh Belgium. Sh- <laughs> okay, wait, which brewery? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we started here, We there was a regular brewery, we bought a whole bunch of barrels. We started brewing four barrels, um, got more and more barrels from friends. Um, and once that was kind of done, we started Oh, maybe we should make a bar. Uh, we erected this wall with a forklift, and we're like, maybe we could do like a bar here, and so a bar came out of the ground and...
1: So behind the bar there was a wall before
0: that? No, the wall of barrels. Oh, just, oh, so you wrapped the wall of Because it of barrels, was completely like open, understand. the bar from the other brewery was, was at the end of this place. Oh, okay. And so uh, we racked all the barrels, we bought barrel racks, boom, uh, and... We had a brewery and we opened in August, uh, 17, so... And
1: for our listeners, when you walk in, it's like a cozy, mm-hmm. I think it's a cozy cabin. Like it's wooded everywhere and there's different styles of wood and like the, like you said, the brewery, the barrel wall back there is just... Yeah. So, so one of
4: our goals was to make it like, we like, well, you guys like living small. We like living small right now once it gets our work on for both of us. Um... Why do you invite your friends now? We wanted to have a second
0: living room. Mm, okay. Perfect. Like a second space. That's <laughs> yeah. a space I, it's space. all recuperated wood. Uh, we got it in part from another brewery. The door is uh, from uh, Beedle Kill. Okay. Uh, Jeff Lebesch, who started in Belgium, um, has a ranch in the mountains. And so he started woodworking. And so he brought. I just texted him. Look, I need so much wood, and he's like, okay. Why? why when now? Like, what do you ask? I'm like, I'm just giving it. And so there's bullets in it because it's hunting territory. Okay. okay. Um, but so it's all, and the barrels are the same. Okay. Mm-hmm. But then uh, it was really fun here, opening, running the bar. Um, I'm gonna jump in time also if you don't.
4: And then <coughs> the same thing happened just for um, when Peter resigned at New Belgium. The first thing he said to Kim was, um, I'm not learning anymore. Kim was like, oh, so her face turned on
0: that one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I had to give my resign in New Belgium. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, New Belgium wanted me to stay on. Uh, a place like this, I didn't want to leave. Um, uh, slammed the door when leaving, and so I almost stayed in, uh, until the end of uh, 17. So, um, left New Belgium then, and here we were pretty much doing it all, brewing, running the bar, it um, was really fun, uh, and then COVID hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are not a packaging brewery, yeah. right? and so people picked up, we partnered with a, a food truck and so we were selling the food and the beer um, basically right. from the tap. Um, here we were open for two hours and people came in and their order was already online. So we had to give them the bottles. And so we started learning Spanish and uh, we looked to prepare to sell our house because once uh, this is done, maybe we uh, can do something new again. And so sold our house. Uh, Spanish was very handy because we've been traveling a lot in Central and South America. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, but then this place, huh, how do we run this place? And paths crossed with, I think it was Ashley first. Yeah, right?
6: was that mockery? Yeah, in mm-hmm.
0: a brewery. Oh, oh the mockery. The mm-hmm. Yeah, and s- they were looking at starting a brewery there. I, I need to leave it for to you guys. Oh, then. now I want to. Yeah, like how yeah. did you
1: guys cross paths and start talking about like owning a brewery at mockery? Yeah, we, we basically moved from
6: Wisconsin, um, and Wisconsin's great. Uh, it's a great drinking community. Lots of yes, it is. Oh, good yeah. beer. Yes, it <laughs> is. People <laughs> like we to drink there. We were <laughs> just there <laughs> <laughs> this summer. And we love beer. So uh, we came to Denver for the weather and the beer, and, um, you know, after some time, we'd been homebrewing a lot, and we bought, like, two barrels for our living room, like, actual wooden barrels, and I remember we, uh, this is so stupid because we didn't know anyone, we brewed in shifts to fill those barrels with our five oh, barrel five barrel, oh my gosh we didn't know anyone at the time so that was what we did i know it sounds so terrible but um <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really good so we have flanders and a dark size on um, yeah, and then we were like, I guess we're in this. Like, I guess we're going to start a brewery. And then we figured out that that's, like, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
5: well, back up a sec. We, so whenever we moved here from Wisconsin, you know, we, we met friends through the homebrewing social clubs. Okay. Okay. And um, we participated in a few of the competitions. Um, and actually the first place that we, I think, met Peter and Freezy face-to-face was at the 2019 Big Beers Festival oh. um, or maybe it was 2020 uh, sorry right before COVID oh I don't remember that yeah
0: Big Beers was always yeah
1: don't remember Big Beers I don't know, uh, over,
0: yeah we
5: we competed in the in, and got a medal in the Imperial Style category and then we, you know for us before that it was always just fun and um, mm-hmm. then we we're like okay maybe we're actually doing okay at this and so we got more into it um, started competing in more competitions and started doing okay and then um we got really lucky that our actually our real estate agent in denver was good friends with the owner of mockery okay so we were talking to her about our interests and everything like that and um was like oh you should just go go talk to zach maybe you guys could hang out you know so we did and we did just volunteered there a little bit milled in and 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 hung out with him for a bit and then actually kept hanging out there <laughs> and then they were just like, <laughs> just like mm, <laughs> <pot."> <laughs> um and yeah, so that's kind of how we got started into that space. And yeah, you worked there as an assistant brewer? For, for
6: like a year, yeah. So oh, okay. just helping Woody out. And that was uh, it. Was really eye-opening. And it, it made me realize it was going to be very difficult. Like that I'm not sure that I like either I or James could be the head brewer, basically. You know, so we were kind of in a situation where we wanted to open a brewery, but I needed more experience, you know, at brewing on a professional level in order to do mm-hmm. that. Um, so then, of course, Peter walks in one day. Mm-hmm right and it's like hey like I'm here and (laughs) it was amazing like yeah I mean of course we'd already met before but uh, we got really lucky there and then um, obviously as Peter said he was looking for an opportunity to sort of you know do something different and um, yeah we just kind of had a meeting and then everything just fell together and it
5: was it was really perfect too because as we were thinking about starting our own brewery in Denver we had actually modeled a lot of our business plan a lot of our thoughts off of Purpose. We were coming up here like once a month already just to come and hang out and we loved this place so much and, and it, was, it was like we were thinking about what would we have to change if we got involved in a different brewery and then when, when Purpose came around it was like oh, we have to change literally nothing because this is exactly what we wanted in the beginning. Um, yeah, so it was very, very fortunate.
2: Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a perfect meeting because like you guys were looking for something, and you guys were looking to maybe not do the day to day every day all the time. Correct. You know, after having been brewing for well, Peter, you've been brewing for what really? your entire adult life? Two years. <laughs> <laughs> he's only
1: twenty-one. Two years? Do you really want to be twenty-one?
2: <laughs> uh,
1: okay, he's considering it. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> But was there? I mean, obviously, as a new, as a younger brewer, a newer brewer, it's got to be amazing to find somebody who wants you to work with them, who's ha- who's known as such a master brewer. Yeah, absolutely. But then, by the same token, was that enticing for you, Peter, to have somebody who wasn't hadn't been brewing for say twenty or thirty years and had their own set way of doing
0: things? Was that important to you, or mm-hmm. for me? The most important part was the. Um, the boring parts. Eh? Th- there's a lot of aspects if you run your own small business, uh, and for me, when it's new, I'm very excited. Even oh, yeah. bookkeeping, you know, is very fantastic. But after a while, you know, it gets. Bo- <laughs> <Or> first <laughs> meeting with the accountant, was hilarious. He's like, nonsense. can I get all the invoices? I'm like, what about this spreadsheet? And he's like, oh, oh, you have it all. <laughs> 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 <Supplier>. <laughs> yeah, I. I've seen enough financials to be able to do something for such a small brewery, right. <laughs> It's not there's not much in and out here. Uh, and But purchasing grain, dealing at the city, uh, there's a lot of aspects uh, related to brewing that are not brewing.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm a brewer, as a brewer um, in Rodenbach and uh, in New Belgium, you always get sucked in and things until you beat uh, the principle, until you're completely useless basically. And so I've done that before. Um, but for me, that was a real lot of learning because here hey, you have to brew, you have to tap the beer, you change the toilet paper. Hey, it's all mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. because if somebody doesn't have toilet paper, it's going to be a bad <laughs> experience. Yeah, and so you so need to true, be yeah, focused but on true. that. <laughs> hey, so. yeah. and but That was, I really loved running it, but it was, again, you know, the the rut starts to kick in and I'm like, hmm, what should I do next? And so.
4: (laughs) Yeah, people really wanted to start small again and I still love near Belgium, so I stayed on in near Belgium. So I was working the bar in near Belgium and the bar here for a a long time and then COVID had it. And then we were really like, like, okay, we need somebody to help us. Now, so thank you. Thankfully, James and Ashley fell in, our, fell in our lab, and they have always been so wonderful, so fun, so eager to work. Like you, like you just heard. they were eager to start one. By us, I've been working as a bartender, mainly in my other hours, since I was sixteen years old. So. Just for four years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Peter, the same thing. You started in 89. Not sure, I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you were
0: lying anyway.
4: So. <laughs> <laughs> so was I like. <laughs> <It> was
1: 21. <laughs> <laughs> I was before that. <laughs> so, who's still like, are you doing the brewing a lot now, James? Are both you together?
5: or? Um, so, we also have a brewer here, too. Okay. Um, and yeah, so the, the team is. Uh, the four of us, so me and okay. Ashley and Peter and Freezy, and then we have a taper manager and a brewer. Okay. Okay. So relatively small, small team overall for sure.
1: So are you? Do you get involved a little bit? I do anything? all
5: the I do all the boring stuff that Peter was talking about. Okay. So anything that involves a spreadsheet. Um, do you, <laughs> you do it? To <Exactly>. But do you
1: miss any part of the little bit of the brewing that you did when you were at home? and you Yeah, at home for through? sure, for
5: sure, yeah, and it, it's still fun. We, um, I was just this morning talking to a friend here in town that we're going to do Colorado Brewers Guild collab fest with so we're we're still participating in some of the recipe creation and some of the ideas and everything like that. um, that, That's
4: the fun part like James just said that's the fun part about purpose if you want to brew like um, the one you were drinking uh, our whole family brewed on Christmas day and that has been our Christmas tradition for a long time. To take it slow? Uh Uh-huh
1: yeah. Oh that's really great.
4: Um, So you brew when you want to brew although you do have a brewer it's still hard Jam. and
1: we do what we mm-hmm. want to do. Is that the same for you? You guys both? Do you, do you, yeah. you get
0: to the brew
5: family, when you want to yeah. brew, and you just said yeah. the whole
1: family yeah. did
5: that? And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we we do a lot of interesting ingredients here. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe Peter can talk about his philosophy on beer and styles and ingredients here in a sec. But uh, you know, we always it's always a very collaborative kind of approach to any recipes or any beers we make. So. If one of us goes to, say, the farmer's market and we find an interesting ingredient or mm-hmm. Peter brings back uh, some random wood he found in Brazil, you know, we, we add those to the beers um, and it's a very collaborative kind of approach.
0: So conceptually when I was thinking maybe one beer a day that's not going to work, what about four beers a weekend? Yeah, and So that's kind of where we stuck to. Um, It evolves, but it hasn't evolved too much, but I think we have opportunity to evolve in different directions still. But we just keep on switching our um, beers out. Mm -hmm. And so, thinking about for cons, we have a pretty big saturation uh, in breweries. I think we don't have that many beer geeks, but we have beer lovers. And so, if they come to purpose, um, they're gonna come for oh we're gonna see what they have and most what we sell here is a flight mm-hmm. because and we never use style in it so it's always like what is this exactly oh smooth record I know that because that's a barrel it's barrel 33 but all the rest and there's no there's just descriptors of flavors and so for people walking at first time here it's relatively hard and so a little conversation on the bar can help but Pretty much everybody ends up with a flight, and then they judge from there what they're gonna drink.
1: I mean, the first time we came here, we had a flight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. we had that—that's what kind of started the whole thing. Is we had such a great conversation with Ashley about it, I mean, <laughs> and we were walking out. I was like, damn, she knew her shit. <laughs> 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 that, was like, that was one of the first
4: things I said. So. <laughs> well, wait, maybe it's the right moment to talk a little bit about the name and the logo. The first thing I wanted was Peter Bookert. Okay, P B. Um, So, Dan, what do you make with a P? And I thought purpose, a new purpose, a new fund, like, New Belgium, when we arrived there, they had 35 employees. So, we grew that to over 1,000 employees, Uh, 1,200, 1,300 right now. Um, So, what do we do? What do we want? We want to be creative again. Like, even in the bar, when I was working, everybody came in, what's new, what is new this week? So Peter turned around, what is new this week? Well, I'm gonna tell you what is new this week. I'm gonna make four, four new beers every week. If you come in, you say like, hey, I really loved this one last week. Too bad, you just <laughs> have to the crawler. <laughs> um, so Peter Buchardt, purpose, new purpose of a brewery, new ideas, fresh ideas. Now when you look at the logo, um, the purpose of an acorn is to become an oak tree. The purpose of an oak tree To make one of our barrels. The purpose of those barrels is to make you nutty. (laughs) 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 And if you really look at our logo, even Belgium, the shape of Belgium is hidden in there. We also want to hit the height, the shape of Colorado in there, but that doesn't fit. It's not very organic.
5: Colorado's very square, so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ashley and I have joke. joked about finding a way to squeeze Wisconsin into there soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could work that in there, right? I don't I don't at least parts of it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, we did want to get an update from you, Peter. Because I know, I don't, I don't know how many people know the story about your original nine barrels at New Belgium. But I know that you eventually, were, you started with nine barrels there, those eventually went out into the world, away from New Belgium at other breweries, and I know that you got at least two of those barrels back here and you've been searching for the other seven. But are those hey, two
1: still here, too, though?
2: Well, yeah, we want to know, are those two original barrels here, and have you had any progress on the
0: other seven? No, not on the other seven, no. no. Mm-hmm. Um, so...
1: Can, can you back up a little bit and tell our, our listeners like a little bit about the two barrels that we're talking about?
0: When I started in New Belgium, uh, there was... there was Belgian styles was like, what is that? Like. Um, isn't um, Belgium the capital of Brussels or something? People <laughs> have any <laughs> clue about Belgian beer <laughs> and having a brewery like this. But since I came from Rodema here and to working in New Belgium, they're like, wow, maybe we should start, oh no, we were gonna make a quick sour, kind of a kettle sour, but that was before anybody was making kettle sours. So we tried and we completely screwed it up and we got uh, like a vomit aroma <laughs> and so, we stopped that I and mean, I think we, we made another specialty beer for a seasonal or something, but we got nine barrels. And the nine barrels came from a winery here in Loveland. Um, and then we got three more. Um, so the nine first were called PH1, PH2, OCA1 and OCA2. That was Old Cherry Ale, It uh, was uh, one of the beers of New Belgium. Abbey 1 and Abbey 2. So AB one and AB two, and uh, was there's two, and the last one, number nine, the odd one was two to two, two. Um, and so. 9 became 12, 12 became 100, so then I started buying fruiters, and we didn't really have space in Belgium, people were always growing, and they're like, you're going to have to get rid of barrels, so I sold them for what I bought them, I bought them for 15 bucks, so I sold them for 15 bucks, and (laughs) people with their pickup truck came, and uh, they picked them up, and they disappeared, Mm -hmm. we didn't keep track where they went, Um, and so uh, we got fruiters, we got more fruiters, and then Lauren Salazar at a certain point who was uh, at that point um, r- working in the wood cellar or Sensory still at that point, she was at Russian River and she sees one of them, PH1, mm-hmm. out there. And so PH1 uh, got bottled in the Russian River in a new beer with a chun, uh, because I don't remember mm-hmm. Vinny's beard at all with chuns, um, but he gave it back to New Belgium. So he was like, okay, let's just give it back to New Belgium because you miss it, so we'll bring it back. In the meantime, we figured out that the Rare Barrel in Berkeley had actually named their brewery after this barrel that they had seen at Vinnie's. Okay. And so they called their brewery the Rare Barrel. So we gave BH1 to the Rare Barrel. Oh, (laughs) wow. And so they were in awe, like, oh, wow, the barrel that's named their brewery is finally here. Oh, my gosh, And so... Uh, then I started up here and one day uh, Alex and, who is it, from the Rare Barrel, came visiting here and we were wandering around and I say, okay I always brand on the left uh, lower side my barrels. And they start laughing and I'm like, they leave. Uh, okay, <laughs> what did I say wrong? And they, they actually have the P- high hit, the PH1 here in the scrubs. And they brought <laughs> it in. And again, against the light, I couldn't see. I was like, oh, I get another barrel because we already had two barrels from the red barrel. Um, and so uh, then I'm like, oh, this is PH1. <laughs> and PH1 is always bigger than wherever it's going to go. And the brewery that it sits in is just a host for a little bit. And, but the barrel is bigger than the brewery. And so we moved it on. Uh, we hit, were hit during COVID, and So we brought it in 20... Twenty-one probably mm-hmm. to um, side project, mm-hmm. and so it's in its last fill there with spontaneous fermentation, and it's going to move on again.
1: So why so
0: pH one has moved on from here? Yeah, yeah. To pH side one is Okay, yeah, it would have been way too long. Probably. So
4: now we have pH two and two two two. So we have those two. pH
0: one oh, no. oh, no. a long time out here, but. Because in the meantime, I found PH2 and we put them back next to each other. So after yeah, 20 okay. years, those guys were uh, sitting together. Right. If you sneaked in here very slightly, you heard them giggling, right? hilarious. I was like, okay, we're gonna leave them a little bit together, and but then we're gonna separate them again. <laughs> and you said now you have
2: 222 two, two here as well? Yeah, 222, so two. two. that was a so funny now one. you have PH2 two and 222
0: two, two at purpose. Yeah, yes. um, we looked, wow. um, we thought we had an abbey located, but it could have been cut up as a planter. Oh no! no. It was in Denver, yeah. and we never found it. We looked at all the barrels yeah. in uh, Crooked Stave, uh-huh. and uh, none of them were saying anything. And then we looked at planters, but some of the planters were... <laughs> oh yeah. Well,
2: it, it could be so easy for those barrels to end up somewhere that nobody knows the history behind it or that that there is much of a story but Mm -hmm. but for people that don't know barrel aged beer that much and this is very different than just whiskey barrel aged beer that we think of as like a stout thrown in a bourbon barrel or something this is fermenting beer in these barrels and these barrels and you can probably explain it a lot better than I do but each barrel kind of has its own character and I think that's what you were referring to as ph1 like it just has this huge character this huge personality that isn't meant to be at one place for too long so
4: it is a traveling barrel and sometimes i always say the barrels are peter's kids and even my two sons actually biological actually biological kids they're totally different every Mm barrel is totally different
2: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so that's what we wanted to do here then how do we uh, th- so first, those first nine were really the first ones to go sour in the U.S. And because mm. when we then made La Folie, people were like, "What is this?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, having grown up with uh, Rodenbach and uh, drinking Rodenbach since I was thirteen, hey, uh, you're like, "What's wrong with it?" You just don't get it. What's, uh, <laughs> but so sour beers in the meantime and have been become way more popular, and especially the, the kettle sours, I think, because those are easy and with some fruit you can mask the flavors of the Kettle Sour Um, but then barrel aging is of course more involved but gives you more complex um, beer flavor-wise every barrel is different so um, we also treat them different but for me it starts with the selection of the barrel where does the barrel come from so all those barrels come from friends and we know everybody behind the barrels and that's how they got here uh, there's two Allagash barrels and, and when I left New Belgium and I became public everybody's like oh congrats and what the heck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> then, well I'm just studying my own brewery. would you mind sending me some barrels? And so that's how 2 2 came in here, 2 2 one or another way ended up in Lost Abbey okay. and so Tommy sent me two barrels and I, I flip it and I'm like oh this is 2 to <laughs> uh, he didn't even know that was one of the original. Real,
2: he didn't know he sent you one of your original barrels?
0: And so maybe he yeah. has more? Um, We're gonna... Right. <laughs> <laughs> gonna <laughs> there. And we should, uh, uh, we should
2: check. Uh-huh. Well, and he's had his hand in a few, helping a few other breweries get started. So you might have a big search going. Yep. I know we're headed down yep. to Tucson pretty soon, where Moto Sonora is. Yes. Yeah, that's and right. Tommy's yeah. big at mm-hmm. Moto Sonora, yes. so yes. we might have to go look at some barrels for you. <laughs> While we're down there, I'll ask him if we can look at their barrels real yeah. quick and see if we can locate another one. Or yeah, two, we, maybe. we found
0: Tommy two years ago there. <laughs> we, we were biking in Tucson, and he was texting like, "Are you biking in Arizona?" I'm like, "Yeah." Phoenix, and no, and Tucson, he's like, I'm biking in Tucson. I'm here
5: too. I'm <laughs> oh, cool. And
0: so that's, that's how we ended up in right?
5: Motosanora. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a wonderful little brewery. Yeah, have Top you guys been
1: at like to Tucson or traveling in mm-hmm. different like areas? Or?
5: No, we, I mean not too much in the Southwest. We okay. we did a pretty awesome road trip from Wisconsin up to Portland, Maine, and back uh, okay. back in 2017. Mm-hmm. But, um, so yeah.
1: maybe transitioning a little bit into travel and things, or what are some of the things that you noticed along that trip <coughs> or breweries that you visited or just places or just mentions? Um,
5: I mean, we had a wonderful time in Vermont. Every, everywhere yeah. in Vermont was amazing. and Yeah, we did um, not spend enough time in Vermont. Yeah.
1: Tell us more about Vermont.
5: Uh, <laughs> we were lucky enough, uh, uh, Kind of a friend had a family cabin in the middle of Vermont, so that was kind okay, of. Okay, it was a mansion on the
6: river. <laughs> 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 <You>
5: know, <laughs> think it a family cabin?
6: It was like a four story, <laughs> on, on, built on like a bluff, and so it was like four stories oh, <laughs> up, but like. It, on it was, the was bluff. a nice cabin. It was a really nice yeah. cabin. Yeah, <laughs> um,
5: yeah it, was, it was really nicely <laughs> centrally located in the state, so we could um, take day trips to. Stowe and to Burlington mm. and everything like that, and then um, then we drove over to Portland, Maine, and spent a few days there, and um, drove home with I think probably like we filled up the back of our Cherokee with <laughs> we, like put down the seats the whole the whole back of it was just, like full of beer and uh, it was a yeah it was a really wonderful trip so you could have started a tap room at that point basically <laughs> yeah we <could laughs> started we, a we could have started a beer bar with, <laughs> with everything we brought back yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Portland's got a pretty good... Like, Maine has a pretty good... So the, the whole the layout around
5: area. around Allagash was really awesome that they have... The main brewery, but then there's this strip of almost like startup breweries that kind of spun out of Allegash or somehow part of that ecosystem. And And I love them. Like, it's so different.
6: Sometimes places are really competitive and they're like, nah, you know, you can stay away. But Allegash was like, my babies.
3: (laughs) 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 That's
2: kind of fun to see when that's one of the great things about beer, too, is there's such a great
6: Community.
3: community
2: around it and of course you're all competing for customers but so what you can you don't have to hate each other it doesn't have to be a terrible thing it's a fun thing because really breweries seem to just foster interest in other breweries too but one of the places like you're mentioning with allagash having that influence we noticed the same thing in bend oregon Mm -hmm. with deschutes like There are probably, what, about 30 breweries in Bend now? And I swear, every time we went into a brewery there, it was like, oh, so and so used to work at Deschutes. So and so used to be at Deschutes. And they were all. And they've all come up with cool things of their own.
4: I think that's the beer community. I don't know Mm -hmm. any other company or any other industry who has such a huge community feel as Brewing it's even new belgium or like here in, in fort collins we have our internal uh email that all the breweries contact each other if they were needing something or some questions have we have our email that goes around almost every day
2: that's one of the things i've always loved is i've heard over and over and over any brewery you go to it's like oh yeah if, yeah we were brewing this one day and we realize, oh, we didn't have all the hops we needed for this, and we called up so and so, and they're like, oh, here, yeah, just, yeah. you know, get us back yeah. next time or something. Yeah, they don't even worry about the money that much usually. So
5: yeah, you know, we had a, we had a lager that we canned, called Floof, and uh, really awesome beer. And I, I love the story behind it because it was the first batch of it we used. Um, we got a brink of uh, yeast from Zwei, and they're kind of German lager yeast.
6: But yeah, Peter got the hops from a. A friend in France right yeah it was just like it wasn't intentional it wasn't an intentional recipe it just like happened that way so it's
0: kind of a lot of things we, we went to Madrid to a conference last year and so much fun to see so much Europeans back there again with COVID that we hadn't seen for such a long time oh, right it's a whole different continent but it's similar It's different and it's similar. It was so much fun to hang out late in the evening with people that you hadn't seen before.
4: Yeah, when in the beginning, when we moved, it was really hard on the Belgian (laughs) viewers.
0: Yep.
1: They called us treaters. Oh, because you left Belgium, man. You're not supposed to leave Belgium. (laughs) Especially for America. (laughs) Well, um, so on speaking on travel and things, mm-hmm. you said you have more goals of traveling more, you've already traveled like, a lot, so do you have any specific travel stories you like to tell?
4: So we do a lot of uh, international travel, uh, Peter is a very good consultant, um, together we do international churching, um, and I still do the Bel- New Belgium, Belgium trips, but with those trips I take about 160 people to Belgium right now. Okay. Um, but also in the same time, we are starting our own Belgium trip. So uh, in September, we're going to do one. So if you're interested, in we, September? Have a couple, yeah, we have a couple of spots left. What time is it? What date?
1: September
4: 28th. Yeah, <laughs> well, we do our own
1: event. It's September 28th through October oh. 1st. <laughs> it's all around beer and like, mountain biking. Nice. And that's going to be up by... Glacier National Park this year okay, okay so next time. yeah next year so yeah. since we have been <laughs> going
4: to um, Belgium so often we now are starting to organize the Belgium trip and do all the breweries we love and
1: yeah I, so are you going to do this annually yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. oh anyway we will see More how it goes than. but
4: we will mm-hmm. see how the, we have been doing that
1: but yeah. yeah but yeah. are you guys going? Mm-hmm. have yeah. you been? Yeah. haven't are you going this time? yeah oh yeah.
3: so exciting
0: there yeah. goes just an email from the brewmaster from Arval, uh, uh, and Françoise. So she's like, we can set that up. We're gonna do the tour with two, and it's a brewery where you don't really get in. So no, i we'll in.
3: The
2: Trappist brewery. All right, all you brewery and distillery owners out there, you can't exactly just decide to be a Trappist brewery or a Trappist distillery, which I don't even know if there are any, and have people come in. But you can just decide to become a harvest host. Just like Peter and the folks over at Purpose Brewing and Sellers.
1: So, if you're a brewery or a distillery owner and you're interested in earning extra revenue, it's simple. Check out Harvest Hosts, which is a free marketing opportunity for small businesses. All you have to do is open up at least one space for self-contained RVers to stay overnight at your property. In return, the RVers patronize your business. There's no electrical or water hookups required. All you have to do is visit harvesthosts.com slash hosts to get started today and be sure to mention Living a Style Life sent you.
2: So, you all know we're fans of Harvest Host, but we're also fans of the beer at Purpose Brewing and Cellars. So, let's get back to Freezy, who is talking about a really unique aspect of their business, which is their constantly changing tap list. When you
4: look at our menu, uh, we, only, we always have five different beers every week. Only two of those are sours. A lot of people are confused about that. A lot of people think all, of, all five of them are sours. No, there's always fun stuff, and only two of them are sours.
1: Yeah. And actually, before we get into that, do you have an opinion on that word sour? Because a lot of people are kind of soured, pun intended, by the sour. word. They don't like well, understand an exactly an is- what it is. It's in- an
2: interesting term when you use it to describe a kettle sour, which is vastly different usually than a barrel fermenting. It one of one
4: it. of the titles of some somebody else who wrote an article states <laughs> um, Peter the man who made America sour. Pe- Peter is oh. like no as somebody else with a red cap on his
0: head. <laughs> 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 the sours, um, yeah, I don't really speak English, so for me my vocabulary is not that good in in defining beer. Um, In Belgium we used to call it um, Sour Browns, Mm -hmm. I think so, what do we call it? Flanders Red, yeah, Yeah. so people know by definition that it's going to be sour. Sour was also another flavor that was in beer here, Uh, um, where it always was in Belgium, always is also a big word, but through history, if you look through history, sour has always been there for only uh, 13,000 years. But we forgot, and then when uh, the beer world became very fucking close to water here, um, (laughs) we forgot so much that, um, and then craft brewers started, but if you look here, uh, um, Colorado, central in the US, uh, we had initially German and English styles, uh, Odell's, Mm -hmm. and um, it was the brewery that became Fort Collins AC Burger here were a uh, German and was uh, Odell's was English and then New Belgium started Belgium and Belgium was weird when Pierre had to close his brewery um, or sell it for 100% to Miller, um, he I was outside the New Belgium and I see him arriving in a taxi. I he, he comes to me, was like, Peter, I need to talk to Kim and Jeff. I'm like, yeah, I don't know if they're around. Let's look. And and the only reason why he came is like, look, I had to close my brewery. I made a kind of a bad deal with selling 50% to Miller. And there were some clauses that I had to go to 100%. Blah, 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 happens. And so uh, that happened. So he's like, now you're the only one who creates Belgian beers in the US. Mm -hmm. And that perspective was exaggerated. But if you look at that time... Uh, it was a good statement.
4: And for the longest time, Belgium was only known as being funky.
0: Yeah, we, so we started with sour, but we always we did, we didn't make kettle sours because we screwed it up, initially. Um, yes. uh, we only started looking to kettle sours way later, actually early, if you look at the American brewing industry. But, um, so we started buying fooders and did it the right way, or at least more complex flavor-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and since I came from Rodenberg and have done it for a while there that's how we started um, market was not very ready how do you brand it how do you call it and when La Folie won the first time I think in the GBF in 99 there was not even a sour beer category right yeah, but yeah. if you look at the time frame it's completely normal and one gold in other Belgians or something and then the next year we had a sour beer category if you see how many sour beer categories there are now in the GABF is a lagging indicator they're going to try to accommodate what American brewers have been creating and we've been creating way more way more all the time And for me I'm happy that kettle sours take off, uh, took off um, because it's an introduction sour uh, lactic is kind of sweet and sour and then um, if you flavor it up um, and there's always for me tomato soup aroma to it and you need to mask that with something that's going to be more powerful and fruit or uh, can really help there um, kettle sour, sorry, sours as such uh, barrel aged sours are really hard to produce and we saw quite some investments happening but if you look at the overall output of those sours it's relatively marginal mm-hmm. yeah Still compared to Belgium, it's very marginal. Although there's a lot of people playing in that field, there's a bit a decline now, maybe due to kettle sours. And the sours are declining, um, but uh, I think we kind of maybe screwed the flavor up at kettle sours. That's my story. I don't know. Uh, I'm too low to the grass now. To know where mm. the storms are, um, maybe. It's been an evolution, eh, but it had to be introduced from zero, nobody was doing it, and now people almost think There was a period, maybe a couple of years ago, that everybody expected you that you were going to do barrel aged when you started the brewery. Why? Uh, Did I answer a question? Or was it the wrong question? No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm just curious more (laughs) about... There's
1: just this of stigma i think around the the wood sour sometimes when you well, walk into a brewery or someone says it's sour and someone's like well how sour is it and, and so to me a kettle sour it.
2: adds to that because it's because the process of it, it just makes it gives you that just um guttural sourness it it doesn't have the complexity of the barrel aged
0: i think also with la folie who was kind of the leader and the first one out there we went made to sharp also and we kind of pissed off customers or potential or didn't bring in new customers that's something from my perspective um, but locally here if we're Collins if something is really pungent sour people love it I'm yeah. like oh yeah I'm gonna take the rest of my <laughs> <laughs> even
4: purpose or so well if we have one punching sour we always have a gonna have a soft sour as well we,
0: we balance it out because we have uh, we can do it with our or many of them. I'm afraid it's like bitter. Uh, West Coast IPAs went to harsh bitterness, mm-hmm. high and harsh bitterness, which is a poisonous flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at human uh, senses, um, uh, initially it's something you don't want to eat. Sharp sour is going to go in the same direction. And so but we, American brewers like to go, hey, they find something and then they go extreme and it's like an atomic bomb and explodes and somebody's going to make something that's going to be the hottest pepper on earth. They're like, like can't even take a sip of this.
5: Yeah, right. but
0: that's American brew, right? it all comes back a little bit. I think if you look at uh, um, high cuisine... you're not gonna get something the hottest fruit out there or you're not gonna get the sours you're gonna get something that is well married and to me that's how you need to approach a beer and you're gonna make something that's well married you're gonna make something that people are they say there's grapes in it I don't get the grapes oh wait and so that you have to kind of dig and in your memory and also in your flavor pattern uh, to kind of figure it out and that in my eyes is something that can last way longer than those explosion sour things or fruity things or bitter things um, but we're American brewers you know we <laughs> like to have fun and we like to be extreme and we do it anyway and uh, if the customers drink it that's good and if they don't drink it well we will going to make something else you know
3: yeah.
2: yeah well and for good or bad that does make it fun though you know because yeah. you can be what you want to be and there's room for everybody to play in the space and mm-hmm. it's like, but I'm definitely more down that same line of like April's right there every time like complaining that I'm drinking my beer too slow because it's like I'm the one sitting there like smelling it, swashing it around in my mouth and trying to figure out what I'm tasting and she's like, would you just drink it? <laughs> I
1: suppose that that's, no, not all the time. I suppose I like, really time. just want to drink it, but maybe time. it's time for a PBR. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that was going to fall out. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, but that's why I always go to, like, when I go to near new brewery, I always take a flight whenever I never yeah. go to a brewery because there's always one that I'm not going to drink. But.
2: Right. But that's a good way to taste stuff that you're like, eh, I think I'm not going to like that. But you yeah. never know. And sometimes you discover something really exciting Correct. that you would never have drank before if you had to order a whole but pint I, of it. Yes. Or
1: I think, I don't know if it's all across the globe or not, but I think with here in the United States at least, that there's a lot of people who are just like, oh, I don't like beer. So they don't even want to bother trying. And then when you actually come in and just taste the different flavors, you're like, wow, okay, this, yeah, is this is beer. We get people who are confused when they come in because it's Purpose
6: Brewing and Cellars, and so they come and they expect wine. wine, uh-huh. But they don't get wine. Sometimes I can get them. Sometimes I'm like, hey, just try this. Maybe, right. you, maybe you might like that. It, it came from a wine barrel, this one specifically. you know. And I'll pull a nail if I think that, that, that that's what they'd want to try. Mm-hmm. I'll go in there and find exactly what I think that they would want right and then sometimes you get people you can convert them or people will say like I, I like things that don't taste like beer and it's like I got you like all of our menu is so unique at any yes. given time and of course I can always like rely on the barrels basically so mm-hmm. yeah the us, question people
0: yeah it, it's that's why I love doing the bar and um, I'm doing a job in Barcelona also and there's a lady that moved here for a while um, and she was from Barcelona and she had seen that sellers and, uh, and yeah no we make beer and she's like yeah i don't drink beer i only drink maybe some light beer and so you you start talking you say yeah but you also have very good food you know what i did i i made a panatomaque. Hey, it's the bread you get in in barcelona with uh, mm-hmm. garlic rubbed in and tomato and then you add some salt and pepper or maybe some olive oil if you want to hey, but, um, and said so, look i made a beer like this she's like huh and so uh, you start to intrigue them, and then you start to give her something. Uh, you build up, and she became a regular here while she was. Oh. Here. Nice. Yeah, but somebody, it, it takes. It's something that is not possible by any large brewery because you only have three words to describe a beer, and to a distributor it's the same. You know, we have only three beers that you need to sell, and oh, we have those. And they're already <laughs> getting tired about you presenting about the beers, but here you can do this. And you can really convince people to open their mind. If they don't like beer, maybe they had a beer that they really didn't like. And mm-hmm. If you have a West Coast IPA or um, a La Folie as your first beer, it's going to be really hard to be convinced that beer is going to be interesting. Um, but then there's so much stuff that you can do with a beer, flavor-wise, and stretch it in different directions. That it's never ends we made it, <laughs> a captain's uh, last when, when did we did that thursday in equinox in a mm-hmm. brewery okay. so where you bake the mash and it's an ancient you beer bake history he hey, hey, the okay. Okay. hey it's something that we totally forgot about mm-hmm. because now we work in stainless and we forgot about wood but we've only been again for Wood is relatively recent. It's only like maybe 3,000 years maximum that we've been working with wood barrels. But before that, we had leather bladders, uh, rocks, uh, pots. And so we forgot because we were working in stainless. And so baking the mash, we forgot. And so, what are the different dimensions, process, ingredients, uh, wise that you can play with? And it, hey, there's so much to do still, eh? we're yeah. just on the verge of something. Yeah, it still feels like we're just toddlers with American
2: craft beer around. Is. It's funny because you've seen all this. So much has happened, you know, over the last like 30, 30 to forty years. There's been so much of an explosion. It feels like a lot, like it's really big. But then you look at now, we're just coming to that point where it's starting to circle back to where a lot of breweries that were going off in every direction are going. Wait a minute, let's get better at our craft and actually make good quality beer not just the newest thing not the fanciest mm-hmm. thing it's like you're seeing loggers now a lot more mm-hmm. than ever mm-hmm. before it's other than lager. you know the yeah. logger the clear fizzy mm-hmm. loggers that we had mm-hmm. <laughs> you know for, for decades that's all we had was just a clear mm-hmm. logger that had no flavor but now we're seeing all Dunkels and Weizenbach and all kinds of beers that Americans are what is that sports <laughs> beer Mm-hmm. That's mostly a reference to space balls for most people. Sports <laughs> <laughs> <balls Yeah>.
4: beer. beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i <laughs> saw space balls.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the sports beer. That's, That's jam, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
2: So speaking of all that, like you talk a lot about different flavors and ingredients and mixing. How much has your guys' travels influenced your beer making?
4: We travelled quite a bit, but you, a lot of times, well, my dad is an artist and we have some chefs, uh, they are artists. A brewery is as much an artist and you do ideas of wherever you go, you do ingredients, you find ingredients wherever you go. But any little art piece you make, any crew you make, that is 30 years of history and a day of blooming.
0: Amen. That's an
4: art gallery back there. I looked at that.
6: <laughs> That's a good an one. Well, I and mean, how
2: about you guys being from Wisconsin? How much influence do you bring from there? Especially, I'm thinking of the Bloody Mary scene. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys have been to Wisconsin, but the yeah. Bloody Mary scene there is, like, over-the-top insane. Yeah. Like, every Bloody Mary is, like, a meal and dessert and everything on top of the Bloody Mary. But, but i most, you
4: <laughs> I'm gonna, gonna let you talk right away. But, but the most well-known beers, that just because people know them. Like, we have a, a Taco Street beer. Everybody is still asking, hey, do you still have the Taco beer? We have... Um, the cat. so even the bloody mary,
1: you can make a beer that tastes exactly oh, oh like yeah. it. Oh yeah,
2: the Micheladas. there. Yeah. Now, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So you you were gonna say something about like you should be thinking about uh,
6: Nougalaris's lambics, the um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, the no, Belgian bread. I mean, I think they had. It's just really good. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's when we go back there, we always get those. It's it's awesome. Highly recommend mm-hmm. to go there.
1: You yeah. But everywhere you go, no matter what you're tasting, seeing, experiencing, it's going to become a part of whatever business you do or create, it should, mm-hmm. like that's because yep. if it's your business, it shouldn't have a piece of you in it. Yeah. Yeah, I think
6: we've always loved, I mean, like we said, we, we lived in Denver, we came up here and we were like blown away and we had, we had a plan, right? We'd come up, we'd be like, okay, we're going to hit Purpose, we're going to hit uh, Jessup and... Spy, and maybe we'll make it to Well And that's what we would say. And then we would get to Purpose and we'd have a flight. And then, you know, James would say, You know, you can't really have any more beer if you want to hit all these other places. And I was like, I'm going to get another beer. So <laughs> we,
1: would, we would make it to Spy and maybe Jessup. You make a plan. That's yeah. good for anything. You make yeah, a plan. Make a plan. But then you have to always be willing to let that plan go the hell away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, everything else right. is going to make that plan for you. <laughs> yeah, because yep.
2: well, yeah, sometimes you're just enjoying yourself too much where you're yeah. at. Exactly. And sometimes it's more important to just be in the moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's like hopefully that brewery will still be there tomorrow or the next day. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) So I did read somewhere you said that I think one of your big goals or something Mm -hmm. was to you wouldn't be you wouldn't rest until there was a Bud Light sour. (laughs) (laughs) How close are we? Does does (laughs) buying (laughs) wicked weed
0: count or do they have to actually make a Bud Light sour? (laughs) (laughs) but <laughs> <laughs> well, they still don't call it Bud Light Sour no what so we I mean also that. is that they go it into the big brands with sour mm-hmm. that would be like nuts right. because then they really then we made it yeah. right? we already made it with craft because they started to um, trying to make something like us and then they started buying breweries because that was cheaper uh, right? So, yeah. and, and so in that sense we made it but uh, they have still don't have Bud Light Sour I think but I'm so low to the grass now, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't think we need a butt light so hard. Uh, I'm all for
0: a, a barrel light. aged butt light. I would be like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, That's don't do wicked. it
4: because I know you're gonna die whenever you goal is met, so don't
1: do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, you know, purpose and intention and all the little acorns that come out of purpose. <laughs> I,
0: mean, I think the other part with purpose is like a big word. Yes, and so that's why we want to keep it whimsical, also, Mm -hmm. because purpose. Yeah, I. To me, beer is whimsical.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. Beer is only ten minutes of pleasure, and that's the only thing we do. Ten minutes of pleasure. We we talk a bit about the beer, and then we go on with Mm -hmm. our real conversations. And for me, that's why beer. It's just ten minutes of pleasure
4: you a lot of times a little faster
0: than that. And you know, yes. you have to look in the eyes when you say, you say cheers, so you didn't do it, so it's bad so sex I for a year. Uh-oh, it's too late. Shit, damn it. Yeah, totally <laughs>
2: I'm it
4: again. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: doesn't help. So
4: you, you, you know the look
1: in the eyes? I d- have not heard okay. that one.
4: Very, very long time in history. It was actually the two glasses had to clean and some of the liquid had to spill from one to the other Okay. so that you couldn't poison each other. That's way too long back in history. Okay. Know this, it's good luck. Or if you ching, you have to look each other in the eyes. And if you don't... Bad luck that night. Whatever you think about that. <laughs> Bad <laughs> sex for a year. That's what you One of my tours in New Belgium, I had a really fun group. It was just crazy. Uh, that's not one of the stories you normally tell on your New Belgium tours, but I did. It was a bachelor group. Um, so I said, okay, you have to look into the eyes, or not luck tonight. And then one of the bachelors came over to me, he was like, okay, can we ching again? I was like, sure, why not? Hey, I want to fun. Um, and as soon as the glasses were going to clean, he looked away. I was like, what the F are you <coughs> doing to me? He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. That was not meant for you because I think you're going to have it anyway, but it was meant for me. I'm like, okay, tell me more. What is going on here? I was like, Bad is
1: better than no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Okay, wait, we got one too now. So you know when you have you done the cheers and then you do the. Mm-hmm. Do you know that one is like to those who are here and to those who are not? Uh-huh. Right. So then time. yeah. So we were interviewing um, Tim Myers. Tim Myers at Strangecraft, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a few yep. years ago. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, we don't know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll never admit it, anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's kid all the time his son goes to
1: His son, son is in Oh, oh
4: yeah,
0: that's awesome. yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah. So um, we were interviewing him, and he was telling us a story at the very end. So we did the cheers at the end, we did the cheers, and we did the chaff. And he's like, Oh, I have a story to tell you about that one. <laughs> and we're like, What? He's like, I um, said, so yeah, so I was doing a cheers and like my friend did the tap and I was like he was asking his friend like why are you tapping it? What's the purpose of that? He's like, Well you're 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 cheersing for those who are here and then when you tap something on the table, it's for those who are not. And Tim said, But they're not here, who cares? Like, they're not here to you. And then she said, It's because they're dead. <laughs> Like, no, I did. It. <laughs> no, I it's like now I understand.
0: Yes. Okay, we're getting old, we're gonna have to start doing that.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think that's more a German thing because they killed a lot of people. Oh, because
5: okay. <laughs> well, they're. Yeah, that still recording? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're <you're> Belgians. <laughs> 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 An issue
0: between the Belgians. <laughs> 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 Yeah, a lot of people visit Belgium too long. <laughs> I mean, you guys are traders now. I don't
1: know. Can you go back? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's better now. After so many years since ninety six, it's better. But that's, that's good. good. <laughs> so, yeah, now we go back. Well, thank
4: you guys so much. Yeah. I think this is
1: fun, fun. Too. Yeah. Thank you. So who would have ever thought that we would have started our conversation with Peter and the rest of the team at Purpose, talking typically about beers and sour beers and like you know how he brought all these different belgian beers from belgium to obviously to new belgium to now to purpose and their traveling excursions and all that from that to whether it's better to have bad sex or no sex at all (laughs) (laughs) right all i know
2: is when we're cheersing, I got to look you straight in the eyes.
1: Should we practice right now before we cheers? Oh, remember how you said that the, she also, Freezy also said that the, it was supposed to kind of, the li- liquid was supposed to mix? Oh, I can't You're screwed or not screwed? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, <out> yeah. <laughs> but I guess what I was thinking of, like, after talking to them and and ending the podcast with that, it's just goes to show that you can just have a great conversation with anybody. If you just open up and start talking and around a, you know, a table with a good beer in hand and that's yeah. exactly what it was. It's just hanging out with some felt like friends around the table with what? actually some excellent beer in hand,
2: excellent beer, excellent people, excellent conversation. Yeah. And that's what makes beer so much fun to me It's like, you could ask me what what brewers would I want to meet in the world because like there's certain ones that are like the the trendsetters or the ones that broke ground and Peter Bucher is definitely one of them. He's a in my eyes he's a rock star in the brewing com- industry, just like Sam Calagione, Garrett Oliver, a lot of people, and we've been fortunate to meet many of these people and. But when you stand there, you know, you start talking with them, it's not like other things. It's just we all come together around good beer. So we all it's pretty easy to talk to most of these people and to just connect. Well, with yeah. People. And let a lot of people,
1: talk. well, a lot of people put but, um, put them up on a pedestal kind of thing. Sure. Um, and but at the end of the day, you realize that you're all just people trying to do what you set out to do in the first place, whatever that is. You're not this, you're not, you didn't, you never really set out to be a hero to other people or to be someone that you you just don't generally set out to be that. You're just doing your best in creating your life. And it turns out that sometimes you have people looking up to you for that. And then in the end though, like I just said, and I'll repeat it again, we're all just people and it's all just people sitting around a table having a good drink and having a good conversation. Absolutely. I think that's exactly what we just did, and it was great. And I hope we can have many more with all of them, Peter. You know, Freezy, Ashley, and James.
2: Oh, there's going to be plenty more conversations because we will, for sure, be back in Fort Collins, and we've got, we've got some ideas of going to Belgium. So.
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of Belgium, really. Peter, Freezy, are you kidding me? You have to sit there and put your Belgium event this year on the same dates as our Camp Carpe Diem event. (laughs) How, like, nice job. I'm doing it in the fall in Belgium. Oh, heck yeah. But now to our listeners, how do you choose? Belgium or Montana with us? Hmm.
2: Mm, We're pretty cool, though.
1: We are pretty cool
2: and we'll, you know we'll have beer we'll have bikes <laughs> there'll be photos being taken
1: let me tell you though if you do fires. if you do ever get a chance to go to belgium with peter and Freezy, oh uh yeah you should you should go mm-hmm. um but if you don't get a chance to go to belgium with peter and Freezy, then you should come to camp carpe Diem. and maybe that's a really smooth transition too keeping in mind that camp carpe diem tickets for 2023 have opened up and you can buy tickets now to the coolest adult camp ever should i start the whole thing or should i start something new or should i keep the whole dot com? yes okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> keep it
1: <laughs> okay so for those of you who can't make it to belgium this year um Go to Camp Carpadium, September 28th through October 1st. We would love to see you all there. And we can totally be drinking some beers that will be, are from Belgium.
2: We'll be hanging around. The, if you don't know, up in Montana, it's going to be up around in the Flathead Valley, up around Kalispell, Columbia Falls, Big Fork. The, these are the little towns nearby. And also there's a little thing called Glacier National Park right there that just is uh just a little thing just a little thing that's pretty freaking stunning but okay anyway
1: so we are going to sign out because i am going to enjoy immensely the rest of this ph2 barrel aged golden sour Mm. and by the way if any of you do happen to come across any barrels that you might think might (laughs) belong back in purpose reach out that would be really cool if you see something is possible.
2: But having seen a couple of those barrels, it's going to be pretty hard to know.
1: <laughs> yeah. <But if laughs> Unless the, you know, you don't know. If you're in the industry, it could happen.
2: It could happen.
1: Hopefully, you're not the one who turned one of them into the uh, flower pots. Oh. <laughs> oh, well. On that note, if you did... Actually, if you did, if you were the one that turned one of those barrels into a flower pot, I think... You know, yeah, you just do. Because you just owe somebody something, so you might as well just owe it to us. You owe us lots of beer. So buy us a beer. (laughs) Click the link, buy us a beer. Yeah. Yeah, and do all the whole thing. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. All that jazz. Yep. Yeah, and when you're in purpose, you will more than likely see Ashley behind the bar. But you might also have Peter serving you a beer. It can happen. And either way, both of them are great people. So just, you know, say cheers. Definitely. On that note. Cheers. Glasses are still full. Time to keep drinking. Peace out. We'd love to hear from you, so keep the conversation going. Send us a note, share a beer recommendation or two, or just say hey. This stout conversation has been brought to you by livingastoutlife.com where you can find community and resources for all your craft beer travel and adventure lifestyle needs.